Welcome. Good morning. We're glad to have this space to gather together this morning. I'm Lana Rohr, Dean of Students, and I have uh, just a brief um, announcement to make before we move into a time of worship together. I wanted to note that um, Student Life and the intercultural team in um, CIIE um, invite students to participate in some structured conversations around intercultural dialogue. These conversations will be about motivations, attitudes, and behaviors around race. The structured conversations will serve the purpose to express our thoughts following the open mic event, promote reflection on racial, racial prejudice, hold one, other, one another to account, and to create space for inclusion, personal change, and community reconciliation. These gatherings will be held in the CIIE lounge at 10 a.m. on three uh, sessions. The first one will be this Friday at 10. The second session will be on the following Monday, March 30th at 10, and then a week later, April 6th at 10 a.m. So please join us in this important work. Thank you. Good morning, welcome to chapel. Today, Unity, a club in the school, is gonna lead chapel. Um, I'm happy you all are here, even though I know everyone is extremely busy with papers and exams. Well, Unity, in very short story, was developed by a group of students who felt that they were very busy to commit to a church or service, um, so they wanted to make a group where they felt safe to share their faith, to talk about the Bible and read it and ask questions, maybe worship God. And the best part about unity is that you don't have to know how to read hymns because I'm not Mennonite, but you can come and you can sing hymns because I like to sing hymns, uh, and we all do. And you don't have to be Christian either. There was a time last year where there was a person who was, who was a Hindu and a person who was atheist. And I believe a Muslim person was there too. And the point of unity is not to shovel a Bible on your throat, it's just to listen and to learn and hear other people's faith stories and ask questions about the Bible. And I encourage you, all of you, to join Unity because it's, it's a fantastic club. And if you are not part of it, you can start attending. It's usually Friday nights at 7. You'll see the announcements in the communicator. And if you're too busy to join as a leader, you can join next year too. Join me in prayer, okay? Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for everything, God, for the weather. Thank you for providing us this amazing opportunity to attend college and the fact that we are healthy and that we are alive, God. Thank you for everything. Um, I ask you to continue using unity in a mighty way, God. And I ask you to come to this place, come to Goshen College. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts. We all need of you so much, God. We give you the glory and the honor to you. Amen. Uh, we invite you guys to stand and join us. We're going to be singing about the time that it is right now, which is to come and worship God. Uh, and if you want to open it in your books, it's Sing the Journey, uh, number nine. 
doing today? Well, not very convinced. Uh, I'm going to have you guys do a little bit moving around. So instead of passing the piece, today I want you to go and say hi to someone you either don't know at all or don't know well and give them one compliment. And it can't be like you're talking to an awesome person. It has to be something like genuine. So just say hi to someone you don't know. All right, it was good to hear some good conversations. I couldn't understand any of them from here, but I'm sure they were good. Um, can you guys turn in your blue hymnal to number 26? Holy Spirit, come with power, number 26. Holy Spirit, come with power, breathe into So naturally, we had to ask ourselves, okay, what is hope exactly? And we thought, okay, I mean, hope and faith are pretty closely related. If you have faith in something, you have hope that it will work or hope that it's true. And so, okay, then what is faith? Um, well, for me, faith is a relationship with, in God with, uh, through Jesus but hope is a little harder to pinpoint. And right now, at this very moment, what I'm hoping for is rest. 
because college is busy, as I'm sure you know, and it's very brain heavy, it's very academic, lots of things to think about and to learn and study and memorize and to keep in mind while you're doing all these other things and you just get yourself tied up in knots and you're like running around like a chicken with its head cut off. But if I'm running around like a chicken with its head cut off, I'm not going to get my head back on by continuing to run around. So rest is essential, as I'm sure you already know. So then what about those times when you are really stressed and there is lots to do and there is no time to rest? What about that hope for rest? Hope is pretty independent of circumstances. And hope is usually caused by a need but how is it sustained? Where is it rooted? It's rooted in faith, okay? So where is faith rooted? My faith is rooted in God. So by tending my relationship with God, my faith is strengthened and my capacity to hope is increased. Great thought, Monica. I'm a busy college student with lots of things to think about. What does that actually mean for me? One of my favorite Bible verses for a long time is actually just part of a verse. It's Isaiah, 50, uh, Isaiah 30, verse 15. In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and trust shall be your strength. In quietness and trust, okay. How do you get quiet? Um, how do you quiet all the mental noise that is college? A relationship with God is a relationship. A relationship takes give and take, which hopefully you figured that out by now. You know, talking and listening. So a relationship with God means talking and listening. Um, listening is usually something people have the most problems with, myself included. There are very few people who can say, oh, yes, I heard an audible voice from the sky, and it was God speaking to me. For most of us, it's kind of an internal thing. But last I checked, it was pretty noisy up here. So how do I get quiet? Quietness and trust is our strength. Except in all this noise, we have a lot of questions. Things like, OK, what classes am I going to take next year? Where am I going to live? How am I going to pay for college? I need a job. If you're a senior, you're thinking, I'm graduating. I have to like, be successful at life now. What am I doing with my life? And these are all legitimate concerns. And we're holding them all. And they're kind of clogging us up. OK. So what do we do? Just don't worry anymore. Give them to God. Uh, how? Okay, don't worry. That means, like, do you stop thinking? I mean, these are all questions that kind of need an answer. Is it possible to not think anything? Um, yes, but it's pretty hard. It gets easier with practice. But if you just stop thinking, you're probably going to start failing all your classes, and that just makes the situation worse. So that is a quick fix. What are we going to do? Okay, give them over to God. Um, these are questions that I kind of need an answer to sooner rather than later. So what am I going to do? I want quietness and rest and inner peace and a greater trust in God. So how do you actually give stuff 
to God. Well, my name is Karina Flores. I don't know how many of you know me, but uh, just to clarify, I'm a broadcasting uh, major, sophomore. I'm not the Karina Flores, the nursing student. That's my cousin. We get confused all the time, and yes, we get each other's emails very consistently, but it's okay. We kind of figured out a way of handling it, so. Um, well, that's fine. So, uh, I'm actually here to talk about Jesus today, it's not about myself. Um, I wanted to read from Matthew 11:12. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and the forceful lay hold of it. Uh, some versions actually say that the violent lay hold of it, but don't worry, I'm not talking about physical violence, so calm down. Um, Matthew 11:28:30 is later in that same passage, and it says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, when I first read this, I was kind of like, okay, that doesn't really make sense. He's telling us to be forceful, but then at the same time, he's telling us that it's easy to follow Jesus. In effect, that's kind of what he's saying. So I'm like, well, which is it? Like, is it difficult? Is it forceful or is it easy? It's kind of like he's contradicting himself. So I was kind of confused. But, I mean, how many of you guys actually know what a yoke is? I don't know if you know what a yoke is. Okay. You guys are smarter than me because I didn't know what a yoke was. Um, there's a picture. We have a picture. That's a yoke. Uh, it's what they would use and what they still use. Um, they put it around oxen, and it, like, yokes two, oxen, uh, two oxes. I don't know, together, and then it connects them to a plow, which they pull around to plow a field. So the, Jesus is telling us that his yoke is easy. I, don't, I mean, that doesn't really look easy to carry. I wouldn't really want that thing around my neck. But see, the forceful part that Jesus is talking about is getting into the yoke, because it's difficult to allow yourself to be yoked. I think I wouldn't really want to be yoked. But the easy part is once you're already in the yoke. Because our first reaction is to be like, oh, I'm not giving someone control over my life. I'm not going to let someone yoke me and then make me plow fields all day long. <laughs> That's kind of our first reaction. But what Jesus is saying here is that it's not easy to give him the full control. But once we give him full control of our lives, it gets easier. There's still difficulties in life, but when you have the God of the universe, helping you through it all, I'm pretty sure it's a lot easier than trying to run things yourself. You're no longer pulling the weight alone. Now you're yoked with Jesus, and it's easier. So there's freedom and there's hope in giving God control over our lives. But I want to kind of make you guys think about something. Imagine that I'm an ox. It's weird, okay? So I'm an ox, and I'm like in the yoke, but imagine that I'm like only partway in the yoke. So like my... I'm like partway in it, but it's kind of like, I don't know, like I imagine I'd be walking all like crooked and it'd be really hard to carry and I'd be like dragging it behind me as I'm walking. The easiness is being fully in the yoke. So it's easier to just completely give God everything rather than trying to hold back some parts because it seemed ridiculous to be only partway in a yoke, but the thing is that most of us do it. I do it. We say, God, you can have this, this, and this, but that, that's mine. I'm sorry, you can't touch that. But John the Baptist was someone who didn't do that. Um, the passage earlier where Jesus said that forceful men lay hold of it, he was talking about John the Baptist. And this is kind of a weird thing to say, but I kind of want to be a John the Baptist when I grow up. Not because he was like a crazy guy who wore like camel hair and a 
leather belt and ate locusts and honey. Not so much that part, but he was really awesome. And Jesus, when speaking of John the Baptist, he said, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. And that makes me be like, well, why the heck did Jesus say that about him? Like, I want some of that. Like, what, what did John the Baptist have that, you know, that Jesus said that about him? And John the Baptist was someone who gave God everything. I mean, this guy, if you don't know who John the Baptist is, from a young age, he decided that he was going to leave behind his family, his home, whatever pretty girl was, you know, liked him, whatever. He left all of that behind and went to go live in the desert. And there he lived um, just fasting, praying, studying the scriptures. I mean, I don't know what else you would do in the desert. So I'm pretty sure he did a lot of that. I believe it. And he gave God full control. And that moved Jesus' heart so much that he really said of John, this is what I want. This is what moves my heart. Someone who says, God, I want to give you everything, not just part. I want to give you everything. And that sounds scary, but that's what gives us rest, is to give God the full control. And another thing I want to touch on um, is that sometimes we don't give God full control because there's sin in our lives or just other things, maybe troubles even, that we just don't want to let go of. And the truth is that the closer we get to Christ, the more he begins to peel away all the bad stuff because he's a pure God. So the closer we get to him, the more he starts to mold and change us. And like the Bible refers to us as the gold that has to be like refined by the fire to get rid of all the impurities. And so it's not an easy process. And I actually came to accept Christ um, in a time in my life when I was struggling with a sin that I didn't want to let go of. And it was just making my life miserable. I mean, um, it was something that I really struggled with for a while. And I kind of got to the point where I really felt like God was telling me, do you love all of this more than me? And in my heart, I remember I was at this youth camp and I just remember saying, God, like, I love you more than that. And I'm willing to let it go if you'll take it from me. And that was a summer that my life completely radically changed. And some people might think that I'm crazy because I give everything to God. But, I mean, he gave everything for me, being God. And I, being a human, I mean, what else can I do but give him everything? I mean, it seems only fair. God is sovereign by nature, and he has total power and control. But he gives us the freedom to take control of our own lives. And we can if we want to. If you want to, I mean, I'm free to just say, I'm going to do things my way. And I can. I'm free to do that. But I can tell you from experience that there's more freedom in saying, you know what, God, you've given me this freedom, but I give it back. Take control, because I can't do it without you. I can't carry the burden by myself. I need to share it with you. Morning. For those of you who uh, don't know me, my name is Andrew Hartzler. And um, 17 years ago, I was sitting where you were sitting. Actually, where Bobby's sitting, because I was just about to graduate. Um, I've just come back to GC this year to teach, um, and it's been a, a privilege and an honor to serve here and to serve the students here. Um, I just feel incredibly blessed to have the opportunity to be uh, doing something I'm passionate about, uh, which is walking alongside and teaching and mentoring and um, living life with students here. I wanted to just... Uh, echo some of the things that uh, Karina and Monica said um, because they were the, some of the same thoughts that were floating around in my head. I mean, faith has always, had always been a part of my life growing up, uh, but it really never impacted my life 
until my burdens got so heavy that I could barely crawl along the ground. Um, about seven years ago, I was in the middle of a, a successful but uh, brutally stressful career, and my burdens had gotten so heavy that I felt like I was physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually being dragged to the ground. And it got to the point where I felt like I was dying um, in all of those areas. And I finally said, okay, God, I've been doing this on my own, on my own strength, because I thought that's what I should do. Um, and I can't do it anymore. I can't go further. I can't drag these heavy burdens any, any further. I need you to take them from me. Um, and so this verse that Karina read was uh, a, a special verse for me. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. As Monica said, you guys probably are desperate for some more rest. I know I was, especially in my senior year. Um, it was a, a brutal time. The first time I really faced uh, things that I had to work through that were, were tougher than I had faced before. So what I really wanted to say to you guys today, try to keep this concise and short, as I tell my students, if you remember nothing else that I say, uh, remember this. And that is that um, faith can become life-changing when you give your burdens to God. Um, and how that looked like for me, Monica posed some good questions about how does that look like? How do you even do that? And for me, it was just saying, God, I can't do this. I can't, I can't go on. I need your help. And he did amazing things as soon as I did that. Projects that had taken me two months for years and years to complete, two months every year, took two months. All of a sudden, they took three weeks. Things that uh, I had absolutely no control over, all of a sudden, they just disappeared when I asked God for help. And my burden felt lighter. It wasn't so much about the outcomes. It was about how much lighter and freer I felt uh, when I asked for that help. So as I was thinking about what kind of burdens you guys might carry, other than papers and tests, um, some of the ones that I've experienced in life that you may be experiencing um, include maybe fear, anxiety, uh, worry. And for me, those, I kind of put those into categories that I've faced in my life. Uh, fear, anxiety, and worry about what? Well, about things that we can't control, uh, about outcomes that we don't like, about unknown futures, and perhaps even relational distress. I was uh, dating the person that I'm married to when I was here at Goshen, and it was a, an awesome thing and a joyful thing, but it added another layer of distress. <laughs> it was a, a heavy thing. So when you have those burdens, when you feel dragged down and, and weighted down and crushed by them, um, that's where faith becomes a, a real and a tangible and a meaningful thing in your life. And for me, what did that look like? How did I bring those to God? How did I let them go? Um, for me, it was helpful to, to say it in different ways. Um, and I put down four. Um, how do I do this? God, I, I let this go. I let it go. Um, God, how do I do this? I hand it over to you. I release it to you. I give it to you. I don't want it. Take it from me. Um, and maybe one of my favorite ones is, 
is I lay it down. I just, I don't want this burden. I need your help to carry it. It's just, it's just bringing me down to the ground, and I need your help. The last thing I wanted to share before we talk about um, something we're going to do here at the end of the time together is to read Psalms 34, verses 4 through 8, and 17 and 18. And this, this passage is meaningful to me because um, it became very real. It actually happened in my life. It goes like this. I prayed to the Lord, and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to Him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear Him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I love that line. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. The Lord hears His people when they call to Him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Those are powerful words. He is close to the brokenhearted, and He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So what we're going to do um, here to end the service while we we're going to play one more song and uh, pray a prayer after the song is done. But what I invite you to do today is um, think about the things that are burdening you. And I have some close, close friends of mine right now that are walking through something that is brutally heavy on them. It is just crushing them to the ground. Um, and I desperately want to wrestle it away from them and give it up to God because I know it will give them rest. But the bottom line is I can't do that. I can't drag it from them. I can't wrestle it away. So what I invite you to do today is think about giving whatever's burdening you to God. And you can do that in one of two ways. Um, one is we have some sticky notes down here in the front, and you can come up here and write it down on the sticky note. And you can go and put it up on the cross and say, God, I give this to you. I don't want it. And you don't have to write what it is exactly if you just want to write fear or anxiety or just, God, you know. You can put that. If you're not comfortable coming up and writing on a sticky note that doesn't feel good to you, you can just tell God in your head, God, take this from me. I give it over. I release it. I lay it down. I don't want this burden anymore. Just take it from me. And he will. He'll take it. So those are the two, two ways that you can do that. And um, if you don't, just enjoy this moment of rest, because I know probably all of you need that. So those are your, those are your three, three options. So why don't we uh, have our group play the music and uh, invite you to come up and, and do that.
here. I thank you for your presence. Um, and Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for your, your peace that passes all, all, uh, all knowledge. 
Um, Lord, I thank you that you are you are present and that you know our burdens, Lord, and that we can rest these at the feet of your at the feet of your cross, Lord. And and so now as we go uh, go to serve others, we uh, we ask that you you will go with us. Thank you, Lord. Go in peace.